The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at The Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. This is something I know. What is up, CSGs? The Rockets just faced the Pacers. It is right after the game, so I just have to record. Um, you know, this is the first real basketball we've seen in a couple of months. It's felt like forever, right? So we're glad NBA basketball is back, even though it's just preseason. And Rockets basketball is back, even though it's just preseason. And competent Rockets basketball is back, which is the most important thing. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start off this video with a breakdown, I'm going to do something. Maybe after every game, I can do this. I'm going to call this uh, uh, Frank's play of the game. And this one is going to be really, really simple. Okay, let's check it out. All right, so check this out. Now, this is a this is a simple play. But watching this, man, I damn near shed a tear. Because if you if you look at what I'm talking about, first, let's, let's just get into the play. Alpi gets the ball at the top of the key. You know, typical play that the Rockets are going to run a lot of, getting him the ball at the top of the key. And then you get Dylan Brooks there setting a flare screen for Fred Van Fleet. One on time pass with a flare screen. That was a rare thing to see last year from everybody. You get the pass to uh, to Fred Van Vliet from LP from the top of the key from a Dylan set flare screen there in the flow of the offense. But but that's not even what makes this play special. This is not what makes this play special. Look at the backside of this play. Look at the weak side of this play with Jalen and Jabari. What are they doing right there, man? You are having an off-ball screen being set. I know this sounds so stupid, right? But you don't know how many games I've watched with the Rockets where the guys that are not involved in the play just stand and just watch, and the defense just loads up on whatever the play side is happening, right? So those two defenders that are guarding Jalen and Jabari because of the screen being set and the threat of Jalen's speed and Jabari shooting have to stay engaged. This is warrior stuff. Well, it's not even warrior. This is what competent teams do, especially teams that run motion. You keep the backside engaged so the play side can have more spacing. And then when you want to get real fancy with it, once you start getting the screen on the play side, the screen on the backside, you can really torment teams. You can torment teams because Jalen could come off of that screen right there. Al P could give him an entry pass. That's a dunk. Oh, and they worried about stopping Jalen getting to the paint. Oh, yeah, Jabari's a shooter. He's a floor spacer. That's a three. Oh, okay, you guys are worried about the passing and the guys doing the screens on both sides. You get, you're get you having two screens being set simultaneously. Guess what? You also have a talented player at the top of the key that could attack off the dribble, off a of mismatch, get into the post. This is competence, and we are in it right now. And I think that's going to set the tone for the for the rest of this, 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 this podcast, this video that I'm doing right now. 
for the Rockets. So what are my takeaways from the game? The game, the game, man, the game was like, and I said this on the live stream after the game that uh, Space was hosting. It is like being someone that's been stranded on a desert island for three years and somebody gives you a cold, a refreshing, just a cool cup of clean water to drink. That's what it was watching this game and no shots at anybody that's been the coach for the Rockets in the past a few years, but man, it was great to see just basic basketball concepts being ran. And it wasn't like they had the best game in the world. The team left a lot to be desired statistically and even just some of the things that they were executing weren't pretty, but they were hustling, they were playing within the flow of the offense and defense and things that they did made sense. There's nothing that I can say that, damn, why they do that? Or there's nothing to question about the X and O's and the schematics of the game. Everything, when it comes to a basketball standpoint, was on point. And, you know, we could touch on different things that happened. Offensively, love what they were doing. A lot of motion, a lot of motion. They ran uh, some uh, some weak motion, some strong motion. They ran a lot of, uh, you know, the zoom action stuff, some dribble handoffs. And all of it with Alperen Shangun, I'm just going to focus on him right now as the starting center at the top of the key. In the post game, Coach Udoka did point out that he wanted um, Alpi to be used all over the court because he, he could initiate offense from different spots on the court. So we were able to see that. And I think you notice when Alpi wasn't on the court, the offense really kind of took a dive because we don't have a lot of shot creators at this moment. Um, but him at the top of the key is definitely something that we're going to see a lot of. And, and to me, that's going to be the the uh, the grease that that gets the gears of the Rockets offense going. Um, he's a talented passer, able to take advantage of mismatches. You know, he was in the flow of it, setting screens, getting passes, uh, um, rolling, able to he took, you know, he passed up a lot of threes. And in the postgame conference, Coach Udoka did point that out. He needs to shoot more threes, which is the exact opposite of what Steven Silas had told him to do in previous years. But he has to shoot more threes. He has to shoot more threes to be a threat from the three so that the spacing can be that much better for the Rockets. But offensively overall, a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, like I described in that, that play. It wasn't just play side movement. It wasn't just the guy setting the screen and rolling and the ball handler going and the one guy that's going to space in the corner. It was while the play was happening, there was stuff happening on the backside. That's 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 a different level of basketball than we're used to in Houston. And I'm really here for that. I am here for that. Now, looking at individual players, I'm going to go down the list. Jabari Smith Jr., impressive, impressive showing to start, showing that a lot of the stuff from um, Summer League was not a fluke. His game has taken a leap up. He looks comfortable in his own body. He's able to attack. Um, and this was something I was looking out for for him is that can you attack off the dribble in the real NBA setting, not just in a summer league setting where you're playing like B, B level talent. In the NBA setting, are you able to attack off the dribble? And he was able to show that against NBA defenders, starting level defenders, uh, showing that his handles that he's been working on over the summer is a real thing that he has. And um, he just looked comfortable. I, I love what he did. Uh, he made a couple mistakes on defense. But other than that, you know, offensively, he was, you know, used as a screener, a spacer. He was able to initiate. Um, they ran a lot of things with him off ball with, with Jalen or whoever the guards were that were on the weak side. And I like how they use his shooting gravity as a form of spacing on the court. 
uh, uh, for that. And you could pair him with a non-shooter to be a screener. And what I mean by that, if you know how the Warriors uh, run, I always use the Warriors as a standard because they're the dynasty right now. Um, when they would have Draymond Green and Kevon Looney on the floor, basically what you're going to have is you're going to have uh, two dynamics going on. You're going to have the play side uh, ball handler and screener going on. That's the person with the ball. Right, is going to be getting a screen from a non-shooter, which could be Draymond, usually is Draymond. And then on the weak side, you're going to have, and it could be Iggy or it could be somebody like Looney, on the weak side, setting a screen for guys like Clay or even uh, Wiggins or somebody else like that. And, and what that does is that, like I said earlier, it occupies that half of the court, so they have to keep an account of what's going on there. So the play side can, you're basically gonna be able to torment the defense with your natural um, offensive strengths that you have. So if you got a great shooter, if I set a screen for you and it's a big and a drop, I'm coming off shooting. And, and if you wanna trap, uh, you know, I'm gonna drop 30 on you shooting like Dane did on us. If you're gonna trap me, then I'm gonna give the ball to that screener so he can go to get a dunk and then once you try to help the helper there, you're in trouble because that flare screen I'm setting on the weak side is going to give that guy open three, right? And if you want to go contest that three, the guy that's going to be setting that screen could just cut for a dunk. These, these things that the Rockets are doing right now, they look kind of funky. You really can't tell. But if you're looking at it from a basketball X's and O's standpoint, they're laying the foundation for something much broader, much bigger. It's not it's something that's going to take a lot of time for them to get to, but they're laying the foundation. So when I get excited about an off ball screen, that's why, because when you get to a year, two years from now, that's going to be devastating because unlike some of these teams that run a lot of motion, we got athletes everywhere and you have dynamic players. Then you you really put the where the players that are actually doing the things like when Jalen comes off a of Jabari screen, he is really a threat to get to the paint and dunk on your head. And, and if you're not going to try to stop that or if you are going to commit to stopping him getting in the paint off of that screen on the weak side, Jabari is going to be a floor spacer. And even if you do somehow rotate over to Jabari to stop him, he's damn near seven feet tall. These are the exciting things from the X's and O's standpoint you want to see. But Jabari looked comfortable. Um, you know, he, he did his thing. 14 points, seven rebounds. Uh, uh, he shot, you know, shot fairly well from the court. 50% from, uh, from the field, 100% from three. Can't be mad at that. 100% from free throws, carrying over what he did in the summer league, the momentum into this this part of the season. Now I gotta touch on the Dylan Brooks thing. Uh, got ejected four minutes into the game. Uh, you know what I mean? Once again, I'm gonna stay say this about Dylan. Guys like that, you have to thread the needle between being as intense and hyper focused on the game as they are and their personalities and how they act and all the stuff they bring to the table and it hurting the team. When it hurts the team, it's going too far. So for him, you know, it's game one, whatever. You know what I mean? Don't put yourself in positions to be even be ejected. Don't get your hands under somebody's legs. Don't be baited. Like Coach Doka said after in the post-game conference, don't be baited into those situations. Um, but I did like in those four minutes that he played, he was a glue on defense. Like whoever he was guarding was clamped. And that's that's going to be just exciting to see within the first three minutes of the game. I noticed everybody had a play run for them except Dylan. And I think that that is just part of how the flows, because he's not a guy that you really are going to be banking on to just be like, OK, go give it get us a bucket. Um, but his job is out there is to play defense, cut and shoot threes. And then in second units and other units, he might 
you know, he's going to be a playmaker because we lack in that position and he can do it. So that's where he's going to get his chance to really cook with the twos and the threes as a ball handler. But in that starting unit, he's going to be that glue guy that you're going to just throw on the other team's best score and let him just wreak havoc. But he's picking up full court. He's fighting over screens. He's, he's just a hard player to play against as an offensive player. So um, he definitely was missed. I'm curious to see what he looks like against uh, New Orleans on Thursday. Talked about Jabari, Alperin Shangoon, 15 points, uh, second highest plus minus, highest on the starters, plus 14. In my opinion, Shangoon was the MVP of the game. Um, when he was on the court, the team was popping. When he was off the court, the team kind of struggled to initiate because we have uh, some of our players. And, you know, this did come in. We, are, we don't have a lot of shooters. We don't have a lot of shooters. I'm looking at our uh, box score right now. Only 25 three-point attempts compared to 42 for Indiana. Not going to cut it. That is way too low on attempts on three-pointers in today's NBA. You're, that math ain't mathing. But one thing I'll say about this team is that the way we won is scalable, meaning that in the past, the Rockets would win games on anomalies, right? We would beat a team by like having our best shooting night, right? We shoot 60% from three. Everybody hits is hitting 50% all their threes. Uh, Jalen drops 45 and we win. But when Jalen Green only scores 11 points and is shooting 41% from the field and 0% from three and we win um, and we're beating a, a, a NBA team, yeah, you're doing something right. And that's the shift that's going to come. And I told y'all this, you know, when you're know, speaking about Jalen, I told y'all he's going to struggle early, but his struggles aren't going to be struggles as in like he's having bad games. What I meant by that is that he's going to struggle to find his identity on the team. And it's going to take time for him to learn where his spots are. And what you're going to notice is that. And one thing I, I'm really and I love everything like he's doing it. If you watch the game, Jalen is making the right play every single time. He's always making the right play, the right pass. Um, the two man game with Shangun is beautiful. He's doing all the things he's supposed to do, um, but he's going to struggle in trying to identify his spots. How does he fit within the context of this type style of offense where you're not just going to pound the ball? and just be able to get to the rim and do whatever you want for 48 straight minutes. You saw him exercising some demons out there where he tried to do his little dribble, dribble, dribble. And then he remembered, oh, oh crap, there's not Steven Silas on the sidelines. Let me pass it out, reset the offense. So that's going to be something. A lot of these guys got to kind of reframe their, their, their thoughts, reshape their minds to this style of offense. And I think because he was so prominent in our offense last year, it's going to be a hard, hard thing for him to get over. And he I think I know he's going to do it. It's just going to be an adjustment period for him because he's used to one style. So this is a totally different style of offense, off ball screens, on ball screens, getting the balls in different spots. You saw him try to get into the post a little bit. Um, I love that he was attacking. This is what I made a whole video about his third year leap. The thing I asked for that he just attacked the, the, the basket five more times, um, even though he only had 11 points in a full game. He's going to get so many easy buckets just by going through the free throw line. Uh, let's see. He went ahead five free throw attempts uh, in 24 minutes, and he, he only made one of them. You know, what I mean, one for five. I'm not worried about the free throw shooting, but those he's going to get to the free throw line just because of the amount of pressure he puts on the defense. So Jalen definitely um, I think there's going to be an adjustment period. Once he finds that sweet spot, it's going to be over. Um, it's going to be over. 
Love the decision making on defense. Um, he he, you know, forgot his assignments a little bit, especially off ball where he would be ball watching, kind of gets caught flat footed. Then remember, like, oh crap, this isn't last year. Let me keep moving, keep my head on a swivel, and he'll get back into his rotations. But all these things, these demons, these kids are exercising when it comes to basketball. It's gonna take time for them to really do it. Uh, uh, it's gonna take time for them to do it. But really, really, you know, proud to see how he played. I think. He really showed me a lot in this game. And I think that this year is going to be the year that he turns a lot of the narrative, the false narrative about him being just an inefficient, just a bad player, you know, type, just empty calories, empty stats type of guy to showing that he can be somebody that lends to winning. And a lot of the games may look like 11 points on 40% shooting because he's just not hitting it. But when you're playing defense and making the right plays, None of that matters when, you know, only the dub matters. And that that's what they got tonight. Um, but, you know, back to Shangun real quick. Defensively, loved how they used them um, all around the court. You saw Shangun trap. You saw Shangun hard hedge. You saw Shangun in a drop. You saw Shangun switch. And he did it all wonderfully, right? Wonderfully. Tapped in, locked in. It's just amazing what a little bit of coaching can do. Um, and I think that this was something that, he really, really is focused on this this for this season. And I think when you have somebody like Coach Adoka said, if he's so offensively gifted and we know he's a savant in basketball, then it should translate to defense because it's all about the same knowledge of the game. Just effort is really what's going to make somebody that has a mind for basketball translate that to the defense bank because it's just effort, effort. If everything else is there, the effort's going to translate. So he really showed out on that end. I think that, you know, he's going to have a special year. He he does everything so effortlessly, it looks like. But he keeps us afloat. That's been a theme since he, he's been on the team, and that's going to keep going. But, you know, great great game by him uh, on, on that angle. Um, Tari Eason came in for Dylan Brooks, able to do his thing. And, uh, you know, Tari is Tari. Uh, loved how he played, uh, you know, played subdued, played his role, was able to run some, uh, some actions as the lead ball handler. Um, doing his offensive rebound thing, getting the loose balls, picking up things. Tari played good defense, uh, rebounding. You know, he had 11 points, eight rebounds, two steals, uh, two assists, one block. You know, that's Tari. That's Tari. Uh, one for one from the line, 83% from the field, no threes attempted. Just an all-around great game uh, for him. And uh, that's what he's going to bring. And you know what I mean? And I think that it was great to see him with the starters. I, I love seeing him and Bari play together. It was great to see that. Uh, one player I'm worried about is Jacques Landell. I know Jacques is hurt. I know he's hurt, right? But even in his peak, I don't think that Jacques is a second a backup center in the NBA. I think at best he's a third string center or a guy that you bring in in spots. The Rockets need a center. The Rockets need a center because when Alpi has to go to the bench, we, we can't have the drop-off go from Alperen Shangun to Jock Landale. That's not going to work. I know they're going to say put Jabari, Tate. None of that's going to work against some of the teams that have real centers, like two real centers. Like, we need a backup center. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying need is because we're trying to win games. This is not experimental time anymore with the Rockets where it's, oh, yeah, we'll just see what this guy. No, if you're trying to win games and compete for playoff spots, you got to patch holes like as they come up in real time. So... That's going to be a move that I'm looking for the team to be trying to make is to try to find a backup center. We need one terribly um, because I think Jock is going to be helpful. He's going to be great in spots. There are going to be games where Jock is going to be, you know, yay, Jock. 
I just don't think he's at that level where you can rely on him for 82 games to be your backup center. If that's going to be the case, where it's Londell and Shangun is our primary backups, uh, two centers, we're cooked. We're cooked. We're cooked. So, um, you know what I mean? We need a center. I hope Stone, I know he knows that. If we, you know, I know we need shooting. I know Jeff Green didn't play. I know uh, Bullocks didn't play. We still need a center. Uh, so I hope they do address that. Uh, J- uh, Jay Sean Tate, to me, he gave good minutes, nine points, three rebounds. Uh, just all around, just Tate does what he does, man. He's a good player. Um, I, I really was curious to see Tate on a winning context and meaning we're a team where we're trying to win games. So I think he lends more to those type of teams than a tanking team. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that wins games for us. We need his playmaking. We need his ball handling. We need Tate's post-ups. I think he tried to do a little too much early in the game, but what he needs to do is try to get those mismatches. I love what they're doing. One thing I noticed about the Rockets is that they're very intentional about getting mismatches. And I told y'all this, this is what Emil Doka did in, uh, in Boston was that once they set their screens, they will slip some of those screens or or try to get mismatches, whether it's a big on a small, a small on a big, whether it's just a, a player that has a disadvantage or one that has an advantage over them. And they're intentional in setting their plays, running their plays to get these mismatches, whether it's trying to get Jabari in the post on a smaller player, I'll pee pin, uh, having a smaller player pinned down, Jalen against one of their bigs. They are intentional and they methodically attack the mismatches methodically. Um, and I think that's something that shows a high level uh, coaching and, and just a focus on their game plan. Um, and speaking of game plan, Fred Van Fleet running the, the show as a PG. Um, he didn't have a great efficient shooting night, 27% from the floor, 33% from three, only 10 points, uh, four assists, but he was diamond boys up. One thing I love about Fred, except for maybe two or three times where they couldn't get a good pass uh, from the DHO with LP, he gets them into the sets fast. There was a little concern about Jalen being uh, off ball and Fred just pounding the air out. That wasn't a concern because what Fred would do is as soon as he, the ball cr- crosses half court, he's either giving it to Alper Shangun at the top of the key or he's feeding Jalen coming off a screen in the corner. So those are he his job as a point guard. And this is the, the nuances of the position of point guard. His job as a point guard is to get the play going, right? Get the play going. Get us into our actions. He's failed on that a couple of times due to multiple reasons. Um, But that's his job, and he was doing that excellently. Got us into our sets, and he was playing hella defense. So hellacious defense, just just a pest on the ball, swiping at balls, uh, getting guys uh, to to kind of turn the ball over, Um, being a leader, talking to the guys throughout. All of this is different. All of this is different. And, and you know, for, for the guys, you know, this is just something new that they're not used to, especially the ones that were here last year. And then Cam Whitmore, you know, Cam had a hell of a game. He's overperformed uh, where I thought he would be as a player. His his uh, development is accelerating faster than I assumed it would be. And none of it has to do with his physicals. Cam is who he is. He can shoot. He's a super athlete. Um, He's a big body. That's not going to change. The only thing Cam Whitmore that it will ever stop him from getting on the court is going to be his decision making on the court. One, he's a rookie. So defense is going to be a wash for all the rookies. The men, Cam, same thing with Jabari. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be he's not going to be the guy that's making all the rotations and things like that. Um, But the thing with Cam that my my thing for him, this is my 
you know, opinion of what he should be doing is what he did tonight. Hustle, run and transition, hit your shots. If you do that, then you're making a compelling case to get on the court. And I think he made a compelling case with tonight's game. Can he sustain that with more responsibility against starters when, you know, there's higher leverage games? That's going to be different. It's different doing this against Indiana in the first game of the preseason versus the Lakers or, you know, or Celtics or Miami in, you know, game 17 when you're, you know, you're trying to rack up these wins so you can make the play. And so for all these rookies, the young guys, that's what it's going to be. But for Cam, you know, great game for him. 15 points. He had 15 points. Let's see. He had four rebounds, uh, 75% from three, 60% from the, uh, from the field, dunks and threes. That's what I like to see, catch and shoots. Um, he, you know, you can see him processing some of those. I want to dribble, dribble shots and pass it out. That's the email Udoka effect. He's changing these guys' basketball DNA as we speak. But Cam really showed out, man. Once again, sky's the limit for him. For him, it's always going to be up here. That's what he got to be able to overcome: is that decision making, learning, picking up stuff fast, and then executing that on the court. And for a man Thompson, I think uh, you know people are overreacting to his game. A man is a rookie rookie right and and that is to me this is expected love how he played um obviously he needs to finish better at the rim seemed like he was kind of indecisive about what he wanted to do uh, a couple times on the court um and that's totally fine everything else given you know the circumstances uh seven points he had uh you know three assists nine rebounds uh shot well from the free throw five or six from free throw um, and, you know, he, he didn't shoot well from the court, one for nine. But those are just layups that he's missing. I think for him, the speed of the game, the athleticism, of the players, all of that, some of those things that you are concerned about from OTE to the NBA, that's a huge leap in talent, right? So he's going to have to get adjusted. But um, I love the rim pressure he provided when he decided to attack. And I think he's just going to keep growing in that. That's the best thing about having a rookie that's a rookie uh, on a team with vets is trying to win. Uh, uh, Jalen and Jabari didn't have this luxury uh, where they could learn and marinate in their position. So for him, he'll be fine. He looked great. His rebounding looks elite and the pressure is very elite. He plays with pace. You have to, you know, I look at things differently than most people do. People stat watch, watch the film. That kid is going to be special. Not worried about him one bit. Um, and, and lastly, the last thing I took away from the game was Coach Udoka, elite level coaching. One thing he said at a press conference was that they noticed something at, at before halftime. Our players were going under on screens and they made the adjustment at, at the halftime to change that. In-game adjustments. This is his calling card. This is the calling card of all the great coaches. This is why I wanted Nick Nurse in Houston. I love coaches that are able to see a problem, fix the problem. Don't wait till the game's over to tell, tell the guys in real time. And I love that they made that adjustment about how to guard players. And he used a term that, you know, a lot of coaches use in every sport, KYP, know your personnel, know your personnel. How do you know your personnel? You watch film, you study, be a student of the game. If that's Buddy Hilde, you're not going under on that screen. You're going to go over. So knowing your personnel, watching film, studying, these are new things, new habits, basketball DNA being changed. All of that to say, Great first game in the preseason. They got New Orleans coming up on Thursday. 
that's going to be another great. I didn't want the game to stop, man. It was just so good to watch the Rockets play basketball. I know you guys are excited, but y'all let me know in the chat. What was your favorite part of the game? What was something that you took away? Let me know in the chat or in the comments and keep rocking with the chop shop. And we're going to keep dropping that fire.